Hello there, you're listening to Tournament in a Tea Break from Britwatch Sports. I'm Ros Sattar. The semi-finals have been set here at the Australian Open, but not without a few more shocks along the way. As we get to the business end, what have we learnt about the state of the ATP and the WTA at the start of the season? Well, in the first men's semi-final, we'll feature our very own Kyle Edmund. He stunned the number three seed, and indeed the world number three, uh, Grigor Dimitrov, he was commanding in the opening set and showed no signs of nerves playing in his first quarter-final, although he did admit that he was getting tired and his level did dip a bit, allowing Dimitrov to level the match. The Bulgarian just couldn't get a grip on the match really from that point on. Edmund closed it out in four sets and the self-belief in his game that, that's always been there. He's always been a quietly confident young chap, uh, but he's handled the pressure of being the great British hope admirably with with Andy withdrawing before the tournament, that was a blow. But with Joe Conta going out so early, all the focus has been on him. And yes, obviously, we've got um, people in the doubles, we've got the wheelchair singles, we've got juniors going well. But the focus for many people is always going to be in the main draw single, singles. I know that people get annoyed about that at home. Um, people have been on Twitter bleating that, you know, that Dominic Inglot, who went out yesterday, is still a Brit in the draw. But Edmund has handled everything really, really well. Now, he will face Marin Cilic, who, of course, has got a lot more experience at this level. He is the US Open, a former US Open champion. He made the Wimbledon final last year. Um, we would honestly have to give him the edge. But if Edmund can actually hang in with him and actually um, stay with him toe-to-toe, make the margins really small, then uh, he'll have to make Cilic work for it and earn it. Now, Chilich means that we, of course, lost the world number one on the men's side as Rafael Nadal had to retire injured in his semi-final against the Croatian with a hip injury. Now, thankfully, an MRI has shown it to be recoverable within the next three weeks or so. Nadal will actually pick up his tour schedule as expected in Acapulco and then will head to Indian Wells and Miami for that famous spring doubleheader. He got in his customary dig in for the tools to do more to protect the players. The hard court surfaces came in for criticism, as it often does. And of course, most of the season is played on the hard courts. They are very hard surfaces. They're laid on concrete. And, um, you know, most of the tour is, is, is played on the surface. That's, that's just a fact. But also consider that players create their own schedules. Nadal in particular will play the key hard court events, the ones that they're also expected to play as mandatory events as part of, as being part of the tour. Uh, but he also puts in time on the golden clay court swing in Latin America, as well as the European clay court swing, which obviously is his domain. Um, and that can also result in heavy, claggy, difficult conditions on the limbs. It's difficult to say whether the tour can or should do anything. You know, Andy Murray's hip issues seemed to stem from when he made that big push to get to the world number one. And that was the cost. Um, he's actually said he would happily give back the world number one if it meant that he could be um, on the tour again. At the end of the day, nobody's forcing players to do the tournaments that they do. They can choose. And, you know, we've heard it from the women as well, that, you know, that sometimes they have to be smarter at what they pick. It's going to be an issue that runs and runs um, when Adal is concerned. Don't know what really he can do to fix it, other than maybe change his schedule and be a lot harsher at what he takes on. Uh, and looking across the whole of the year and not just on the hard courts. It's an accumulation of everything, not just uh, a spell in Australia on the concrete courts uh, in Melbourne.
Anyway, on to the revelation of the tournament that's been Hyun Chung. His CV, this tournament, reads pretty impressively. Uh, he's taken out both Zverev brothers. He's taken out his idol, Novak Djokovic, and then he put paid to the rise and indeed subsequent social media fall or fail, depending on your point of view, of tennis sangren. Thankfully, uh, his aggressive baseline and play and speed around the court has made him like a wall to his opponents and his charming demeanour off the court, not to mention uh, the delight of seeing him G up the crowd after, after key shots has just won him a massive amount of fans here. He is part of that next-gen batch of players. In fact, much like Edward, Edmund, the ones to, the ones to watch. Uh, and he's really coming good. He's backing up his next-gen Milan finals win. Uh, and he's and he's making his tennis do the talking. It's it's a delight to watch. Now he's taken out one idol. He gets to face Roger Federer, um, who initially found himself in a little bit of bother at the hands of Thomas Burdish before getting into a bit of a challenge ruck with umpire Fergus Murphy. That riled Federer up enough to banish Burdish, and it has to be said his title defense is looking pretty solid for Slam number twenty. It's going to be interesting though to see this particular battle. Chung out Djokovic, Djokovic uh, and Federer doesn't like that kind of style of play he hates having to sort of grind away from the baseline so this is going to be an interesting challenge but Federer has experience by the bucket load this is all a big new experience for Chung so you have to give Federer the edge you have to believe that he's just going to hang in there and find a way of um, frustrating him coaxing him into errors the the whole sense of occasion is going to be quite a lot to deal with as well. Um, I would give Federer the edge, but I do think that he is going to be taken to at least four, if not the distance, to to get his place in the final. Today is Women's Semi-Finals Day, and so the focus is on the ladies. And let's start with the first semi-final of the day, which is Caroline Wozniacki and Elise Mertens. Mertens has probably been a surprise package to many fans here, but she wowed in Perth. Um, I still think that her match against Angelique Gerber was one of the matches of the tournament at this year's Hopman Cup. But she's been in pretty impressive form in Australia. She went to Hobart to defend her title. That, ironically, was what cost her a place in Australia last year in the qualifying event, um, which she's more than making up for on her debut here. Wozniacki, of course, is coming off the back of her WTA finals win. She started pretty well. She reached the Auckland final and she almost had one foot out the door at the hands of Jana Feck and, and her experience got her through. I think Mertens is going to work her hard, but I have to say, I think her experience is going to be what, what's key here. And I, I think she's going to be in the final. But the one that I really want to watch, I think the real blockbuster is going to be Kerber Halep. The 2016 champion Angelique Kerber has cost me at least a couple of rounds of drinks with colleagues from Germany, as twice I figured she was going to be in for a three-set thriller against Sharapova and then against uh, Madison Keys, and twice she's just blown them off the court. Um, Simona Halep has played down her expectations, especially after that shocking ankle turn in her first match. Uh, she knows she's going to have to run and run today, and hopefully this time we will get a three-set thriller. But Kerber's form and her aggression has been quite the sight to behold. It's not the first time that Kerber's tried to be aggressive. But I've, I always found that um, even, in, even in 2016, even after she'd won here, even after she reached the Wimbledon final, even after she won the US Open, it never felt like it was a natural thing for her to, to find that aggression. Um, she found it, but it, it never it, it felt like it was forced, whereas now it feels like a much more natural thing, and she's got that strength in her legs to run and run forever, as she says. 
but she really has a turn of pace on her that has been has been really great to see. I think we are in for a battle. I do think Kerber's going to edge it. I think Simona's going to be quite happy with the fact that, you know, for the first time she's actually managed, you know, in, in, a, in a couple of years now in Australia, she's managed to advance fairly high. I don't think she had any expectations after that ankle turn. I also think that she's taken her expectations down a notch, uh, especially after the disappointment of losing uh, at Roland Garros. So I think this one's going to be uh, the one the one to watch uh i honestly can't see anybody beating kerber especially after she uh survived against che who two way so yeah this is this is my ma match to watch we will be back for a full-on recap of the women's semi-finals and a preview of their final and once the men have done their thing we'll of course do the same for them all in the name of equality this has been tournament in the tea break and i'm ros satar <laughs>